hello, hello. Welcome to your regular start of the week reminder that watching the Detroit Red Wings play hockey is a chore, and that you should all be commended for not only watching them, but also tuning into this podcast. Now I have to watch the games regardless, so I sure am happy to have you joining me today. I'm Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan Noel Bianchi, your host of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We do it every day here, and today is no different. However, today is February 3rd, the day after the Super Bowl, and uh, that kind of goes by the wayside when you got the Red Wings returning to action. Uh, first couple games back since the All-Star break, and it was a long, long weekend. Uh, you know, they played their first game in over a week on Friday. Uh, entering the All-Star break, they had six straight losses on their record, and by uh, Saturday night, they would extend that to eight with a 4-2 loss to the Rangers at Madison Square Garden on Friday and a one nothing loss to New York at Little Caesars Arena on Saturday. Uh, they lost some guys. Well, they lost a guy, a big guy, over the weekend, and they'll get one back this week. We'll touch on that later on in the show. Uh, as well as usually we would update you on what happened in Grand Rapids over the weekend, but with the Red Wings returning to action with two games uh, against the Rangers, figure that we'll probably dive deeper into those, take up most of today's show, and then tomorrow's show we'll, we'll update you on that, as well as what happens in tonight's matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers. But for right now, it is Monday, which means it is time to announce the first star since the first show of last week. And with, you know, kind of a small sample size, Red Wings only playing two games uh, in that entire span, kind of like the week before it. But uh, I'm going to go with Robbie Fabry. Wings only scored one goal on Saturday and were kept in it by, uh, kept in both games over the weekend, frankly, by their goaltending. But while I'd like to be able to pick one, uh, you know, Jonathan Bernier kind of considered because he was excellent in his return to action on Saturday night. We'll dig into that later. Uh, but they split those games, or he split that game with uh, or the weekend series, pardon me, with Jimmy Howard. So I think that it makes more sense to choose Fabry. Uh, he was pretty good over the uh, over the whole weekend. Uh, had a goal and assist in the loss on Friday night after picking up just one point in the previous four games. Uh, and then got his fifth multi-point game that night as well. Played his 200th NHL game on Saturday. Uh, he added two shots and a couple really good chances in the one nothing loss uh, against New York at LCA. So uh, it was just good to see him going, uh, get going. You know, I thought that he kind of deserved to get a little bit of shine. Uh, that first line of Larkin, Bertuzzi, uh, and Zadina was kind of getting all the love heading into the All-Star break. They were producing a lot of the goals, you know, for good reason. They definitely deserved it. But with that line held uh, pretty much scoreless with the exception of an assist, uh, by Dylan Larkin in that on um, that Fabry goal in the first game, uh, were pretty much kept off the board uh, point wise. So he was really the one guy that stepped up. I guess an honorable mention too could be Madison Bowie. He had a pretty solid game on Saturday night, creating offensively. But uh, yeah, this week it's going to be Robbie Fabry. You'd hope that with Philip Zadina going out uh, with that upper body injury, that he'll be able to step up and help keep up that production that the Red Wings had become accustomed to. Uh, getting from Zadina over the past couple games. Uh, of course, Andreas Athanasiu returns to the lineup as well tonight against Philadelphia, but Robbie Fabry is going to be one of those big names to keep an eye on as they look to uh, scrape out a win here somewhere uh, over the next couple games. Obviously, you don't want another double-digit losing streak. Would be the second this season. And no matter who they're playing, they are going to need all hands on deck to prevent that. But in the meantime, we do have some business to take care of, uh, like I mentioned before, with the two losses over the weekend. So let's talk about it. All right, and we start with that 4-2 loss at Madison Square Garden in New York City, where dreams come true for the home team. 
uh, on Friday night. Another slow start by the Wings in their first game out of the All-Star break. This is kind of a game that we've been really accustomed to seeing, especially in road games uh, over the past couple weeks, where the Red Wings come out, they start slow, they get absolutely pulverized in their own defensive end, uh, but somehow come out of the first period okay. Jimmy Howard makes 15 stops, the game's tied at nothing-nothing, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, I waited nine days for this? You know? Like, I don't know. You just expect them to see... You, you would expect to see a little more effort coming out of the, the All-Star break, first game in nine games, playing on the road, original six matchup. Obviously, the Red Wings don't have a lot to play for, uh, while the Rangers certainly do, battling for a wild-card spot over there in the Eastern Conference. Um, but just you could tell that one team was playing for something and, and the other one wasn't. Rangers come right out of the gate, get two prime scoring chances right in Jimmy Howard's kitchen. Lots of turnovers by the Red Wings, many in their own zone, uh, just struggling to take control of the puck. They get outpossessed uh, 61% to 39% and uh, outshot 15-7. to 7. And once again, we end up in a situation where Jimmy Howard, who has you know been so bad at times this season, hasn't won since October. Like We know all the stats at this point, but it's just kind of crazy that this guy is put in a position where his team literally can't buy him a win. I don't know a single other team in this. Like, There have to be exceptional circumstances to where a goaltender is playing as well as Jimmy Howard has over the past couple of weeks and still not been able to come away with a win. And the Red Wings are in those circumstances. It's not like this comes as a surprise. It's not like I'm saying, how could the Red Wings not you know, put together a winning effort in front of Jimmy Howard? I'm not saying that at all. I get all of that. But it's just so, so frustrating to watch where, you know, the Red, the Rangers have eight scoring chances in the opening period. They have more scoring chances than the Red Wings have shots. And that doesn't even include a ton of missed nets that they had. They had 28 shot attempts in total in that first period. So, I mean, there was really nothing that redeeming uh, to come out of there that first period except for the fact that they weren't losing. The only guy with really a noticeable game out there was Fabry, like we talked about, uh, and he got drilled with a slap shot by Trevor Daly to the upper body that forced him to uh, head of the ice wobbling or head of the bench wobbling a little bit. Um, but he was he was actually you know the lone bright spot of the Red Wings for that first period. He had a shift in the final minute where he created a chance with a pass, then got off a shot that sailed high, but uh, just super involved and and kind of would be a sign of things to come as we moved on into the second and third period. Uh, the Wings, of course, fall apart as soon as they come out of that first intermission. Uh, well, I shouldn't say as soon as they come out of that first intermission because they did keep the Rangers off the scoreboard for a while. Uh, but they don't get a chance, or the Red Wings don't get a shot until five minutes in while the Rangers are just buzzing. And eventually it's Mika Zibanejad making the Red Wings pay. Uh, he, gets a, he gets a pass entering the zone. Philip Peronik loses his man, Paul Bushnovich. He turns the wrong way while that pass goes to Zabinijad. Um, and that's really the difference between a goal and not a goal because that quarter of a second that he spent turning around, readjusting uh, after making the wrong read on the pass uh, was all Bushnovic needed to, to get past him. And Zabinijad, with his wheels, he just kind of took it around that, took it right around Nemeth. Uh, using that using that speed to his advantage and fought, found Bushnovic cross crease back door. Uh, you've seen that goal scored a million times on Jimmy Howard 
over these past couple weeks, over this whole season really, and uh, that is where the floodgates kind of start to open up. Dylan Larkin heads off after taking a slap shot uh, from Tyler Bertuzzi to the back of the knee. Uh, right off the faceoff moments later, the Rangers take a 2-0 lead. Just just a great set play off the faceoff that results in a shot on net that Jimmy Howard simply couldn't see. Uh, and I believe there was a tip in front too. And, you know, you just talk about, like, complete devastation. When it rains, it absolutely pours for this team. And obviously that means that the Rangers simply cannot head to the locker room without extending their lead at least one more time. Can't have that, that two-goal cushion going into the third where Red Wings fans can possibly hang on to the idea of a third-period comeback uh, as the Rangers go up 3 nothing right before the period ends. It's the Artemi Panarin show as he makes a play in his own offensive zone, streaks up the wing, gets it back, toe-drags around Alex Biega and beats Jimmy Howard short side. Not a good goal to give up if you're Jimmy Howard, but I feel like we're past the point where any goal that goes past him, we can really blame him for uh, because he kind of gets a pass considering all the great saves he's made to this point. There was an excellent one that he made that ba- uh, bounced off the backboards, shot that went wide, and he got cross-creased to make a glove save. I believe that was earlier in this game. Um, you know, just hard to fault the guy on a on a crappy goal when he's been playing like he is. And an interesting stat here that I kind of wanted to run by you guys, uh, I was just curious because it feels like on the road, especially, these second periods have been really, really bad. And maybe that was just because, you know, leading up to the All-Star break, they had a couple of road games against Colorado and the Wild that that maybe recency bias, I thought. Uh, So I went and checked it out, and I found that the Red Wings have given up on the road 313 shots in the first period all year. They've given up 20 goals. In the second period on the road, they've given up 308 shots. So five less shots in the first period. They're giving up 50 goals in the second period. So 30 more. That's two and a half percent. Or two and a half, two and a half times. That's why I failed stats class, by the way. And accounting. I took accounting three times. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Uh, So opponents are shooting 6.3% in the first period and 16.2% in the second period. I don't necessarily know what to make of that stat or what the exact uh, purpose it is. I'd like to study it a little more. It was just an interesting stat that I thought I'd run by you guys. Uh, Of course, there could be a lot of things that that has to do with. Could have something to do with maybe just being worn down in that second period. Could be something where the opposing team uh, is making adjustments uh, as they head into the locker room after that first period, figuring out how to beat the Red Wings. Uh, and then it, it, I don't know, maybe it's just the <laughs> emotion of it all snowballing on them that forces them to have such disastrous second periods where, you know, we talk about all the time how whenever the second period starts, the game might be a one-goal game or a tie game, but it really doesn't feel like it. And so maybe once that first goal happens, that's when the whole team just kind of falls apart Everybody comes a little bit slower. You know, those lapses in coverage are becoming just a little more frequent, creating a couple more one to two, three opportunities more in the second than they did in the first. Uh, And that's what's contributing to that. But just an interesting, interesting little stat that I came across. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to try and revisit it as I look into it. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of it. But just a terrible, terrible stat. If you're the Detroit Red Wings, that uh, opponents are converting on 16.2% of their shots at home while while the Red Wings are on the road uh, in that second period. Um, 
The third period in this one, not much different than what we've seen all season. The Red Wings head into the third with virtually no shot at winning, uh, but you know, still show some fight. Dylan Larkin comes back after uh, he exited the ice, headed to the locker room after getting that slap shot to the back of the knees. And about five minutes in, Justin Abdelkader takes one of the dumbest penalties that I've seen in a really long time. He chips the puck off the glass. Brennan Lemieux comes in to finish his check. A typical standard play that happens in the game of hockey a million times over every time you watch. He misses. Abdelkader avoids a hit and then decides to cheap shot him with a little hand to the face action, shoves him to the ice. Uh, he goes on the he goes two minutes into the box. Rangers score uh, almost immediately on the ensuing power play as Mika Zibanejad makes it for nothing almost immediately. And while it didn't seem like it mattered at the time, they were losing three nothing. It was to put them down four. It like I just can't wrap my head around a team captain making taking that kind of penalty. Knowing that your team has a chance to at least crawl back into this one, make it a two-goal game. Pull your goalie, you know, at the end of the game. Let's see what happens. Make it a one-goal game. The Red Wings have been notorious for getting back into games in the third period but not being able to finish them off. And guess what? Stuff like this is the reason why. You got a team leader who's got three points in 36 games taking a penalty to start the third period in in a three-goal game. And you'd see it again on Saturday. We're going to talk about the the one on Saturday probably in even more depth because this was the game. Robbie Fabry makes it 4-1 shortly after. Another great forecheck by Dylan Larkin, by the way. Uh, Shout out to him. He battled with a couple Rangers down low to get the puck to Fabry, who ripped one blocker's side. Uh, Filpula then pulls the Red Wings within two. Uh, good overall puck possession, you know, good puck movement. Fabry won a battle along the boards, got it to Daly, who finds Filpula in the high slot. That's a good, like, good thing to see in the third period from a team who has not given any reason for optimism except for the fact that they've been able to fight and find themselves staying in games to the to the end in games they didn't belong in. But you're special teams all year have been so bad you've been so bad shorthanded you've given up more shorthanded goals than anybody else in the league like just outside of the fact that you put your team on the man advantage you can't be taking these types of penalties and that's the game like i said Zadina hobbles to the bench with about eight minutes left. He would try and play through that injury on Saturday. Uh, actually had a pretty good game, uh, but that appears to have been the wrong decision as Jeff Blaschel uh, told reporters Sunday that the 2018 first-round pick will miss about two to three weeks with that injury. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not a good not a good start to that third period. Unfortunately overshadowed a pretty decent end to the, the final frame, but... We got more frustration coming up on the abdicator penalties because pretty much ruined their night on Saturday too. Uh, but first, if you've been a listener of this podcast, and I'm sure you've heard about all the great advertisers working with Lockdown to reach sports fans, you may not know though that Lockdown Red Wings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Red Wings fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a locked-on podcast listener. 
If your company wants to connect with Red Wings fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown Podcast because local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you. All right. Final segment of the day here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, uh, wrapping up a weekend series uh, sweep of the Red Wings by the New York Rangers uh, that occurred this past weekend. We'll have game recaps for you tomorrow for tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk about this one to nothing loss on Saturday night. We saw the return of Jonathan Bernier net. He was great in his return, stopping 30 of 31. Uh, also, Valtteri Filpula's 1,000th game in the NHL, so kudos to him, uh, as well as, uh, as we mentioned before, Robbie Fabry's 200th NHL game. So a couple of milestones in this one. Not nearly as bad of a start, and uh, the Red Wings actually outplayed the Rangers for a lot of this game. Uh, could make the argument that they deserve to win, uh, entering the first intermission with an 11-6 to shots advantage. Uh, Luke Lendenning had a chance early. Phillips Adina had a rush with Larkin that nearly garnered a pretty good opportunity before a pass was disrupted. Uh, then they got a pretty decent shot off the left wing on Lundqvist. And given how this team has started games, I thought the Red Wings' effort uh, at the beginning of this one was, was definitely pretty... I was going to say inspiring, but that might be too much of a stretch. It uh, it was impressive, we'll, we'll say that. But then Justin Abdelkader screws the Red Wings once again, takes another stupid, stupid penalty, drilling Jacob Truba with a nice two-handed cross-check after Truba hits Christopher N cleanly in the neutral zone. Mika Zabinajad again scores on the ensuing penalty. Uh, Chris Kreider made a nifty redirect that caused some chaos in Bernier's crease. Nobody could tie him up, and uh, he whacked one home five-hole. Now, one thing that drove me absolutely insane, because I watched the replay of Friday night's game before Saturday, so like the Justin Abdelkader penalty in the third period was fresh on my mind, and then this happens, and it's the only goal of the game. And so like in like in a, like yeah, of course it's not his fault that the Red Wings didn't score any goals. It's not his fault that, you know, they couldn't capitalize on their chances and didn't, you know, score on the power play. But this was the game. Like I don't even know which which one was worse. Like which penalty was worse. On Friday, he retaliated for somebody missing a clean check on him and then Saturday was retaliation for something making a clean check on a teammate and I'm just I can't understand why you would put your team when they've been playing so like they when they when you don't see the Red Wings start ever the way they did on Saturday night and then to disrupt that with a stupid selfish I mean like yeah okay maybe you don't want to call it selfish because he was coming to the aid of his teammate but like that's just a guy blowing off steam and you know I was watching the game on the Fox Sports Detroit broadcast Chris Osgood used those two clips like the penalties that Abdelkader took to describe the intensity of this game 
He was like, oh, that's what you're going to see in back-to-backs. This is old-time hockey. These guys are going to be... No. Nobody was nobody was taking runs like that, like Justin Abdelkader, that were causing stupid, unnecessary penalties. Come on, man. Neither of those penalties were offsetting. Both of those goal or penalties resulted in a back-breaking goal. There is no excuse for that. And I'm not trying to make these you know, two things seem like a bigger deal than they are, but we haven't seen a Red Wings win in eight games. And these two penalties had a direct effect in them losing both games over the weekend. So like when it's, I don't know, when it's that blatant, it's it's hard not to, not to point out. You know, the Red Wings do get a really good look on the ensuing power play. Uh, a couple minutes after that happened, Phil Peronic fired a bomb from Lundqvist right. Uh, a bouncing puck came right out to Larkin, but he couldn't settle it down and, and get one past him. And that's just been kind of the tale of the Red Wings power play. Four for 55 in their last 15 games. Didn't even get a chance uh, in the game on Friday night. But they did continue to look pretty good as they closed the period. Uh, you know, Lundqvist made a good stop on a Fabry slap shot that was earmarked for the corner of the net right after the power play. Jalowski had a good look. Good energy overall to close the period. Not like, you know, most games where you say, okay, well, it's close or it's tied, but uh, here we go. You know, Red Wings going to come out of the second period and completely fall apart. You didn't get that feeling, and uh, it didn't really happen. Both teams getting their chances to start the second period. Chris Kreider took an awful, awful knee to the head by Mika Zibanejad early in the period. Um, just a nasty play that, that can happen when guys are flying around at high speeds. Uh, Red Wings had the whistle blown dead on somewhat of a rush, but I don't agree with letting that play go. I saw some people kind of mentioning that on the timeline, um, that the play should not be blown dead until the Rangers repossess the puck. But when it's a brain injury, I have no problem with that play getting blown dead. It's not like the Red Wings had even, I don't even think they crossed the red line at that point when the, when the play got blown dead. So... Like I said, I don't want a situation, and I think the NHL doesn't want a situation where he starts heading towards the bench, the play comes back the other way, and uh, you know he end up gets he ends up getting you know caught in some crossfire or catches some collateral damage that only makes things worse. Uh, he would wind up missing the rest of the game, be ruled as day to day. So something to keep an eye out on that, as he's a big name to watch on the trade market. Uh, we kind of mentioned that a little bit with Lockdown Rangers on Friday's episode, but uh, he's definitely a forward that people are going to be looking to acquire as the trade deadline nears. And, uh, you know, there are some question marks surrounding that now. So he'll be a guy to watch as that February 24th deadline comes about uh, as well. Uh, one one line that I wanted to give a shout-out to in this game was that third line, Helm, Glenn Denning, and uh, Adam Ernie. They got a couple good shots off near the middle of that second period. Uh, Helm made a really good play to strip Truba and put Glenn Denning and Ernie on a two-on-one. Uh, Ernie would wind up firing that one wide of the net, but they had a total combined five shots in the game. Uh, so I was pretty impressed by what I saw from then. And, uh, you know, dare I say to this point that the Red Wings were looking better as the game went on. You felt like there was a certain chance that they were going to tie this one, and they did have their chances. Maybe two of the most how did that goal not or how did that not go in type plays since we've started this podcast uh, in the final five minutes of that second period. Val Fropilo runs a give and go with Madison Bowie that leads to a terrific chance as Bowie returns the uh, the puck to Fropilo out front. He goes far side. And, just a ton of open goal mouth in front of him, and he slides the puck right into the post. Um, 
we mentioned earlier, Madison Bowie was was impressive in this one. Uh, all over the offensive zone making plays. He had three shots on goal. Uh, and then the last few seconds of the period, it's Larkin who, you know, he catches an incredible pass by Zadina. No looker. Just kind of slapped it right onto his stick. He goes in all alone. Makes a similar move to get a sprawled out Lundqvist. And this time, uh, he slides it right into the Rangers goaltender. So, two really, really good opportunities. And ones that kind of make your stomach turn as they head into the third period with a one-goal deficit. But, uh, you know, the wings were buzzing going into that third period. So you thought that you might definitely be in for uh, for a tie game at some point. Felt like they had all the momentum. Uh, but this was just a frustrating game where they just kind of bled out <laughs> live on air. Kept waiting for that revival for, you know, the light to lamp and the LCA to go crazy for the first time in a long time because they're in a really good game. It's It's been a good, good hockey game. Like, they're not always entertaining, even when the games are close. Um, but really just a frustrating end to this one. Both teams get their chances on a four-on-four four after Truba and Smith tussle. Zabinijad had a chance in the high slot. Nemeth ripped a one-timer that was saved by Lundqvist. Uh, they got a couple chances in the last five minutes, but simply couldn't bury any. Uh, Red Wings would go on to outshoot the t- Rangers 12 to one in that third period. And you know, the, the disappointing thing about this one is you never really felt like they lost this one. They just had a ton of good chances that they couldn't bury. And then the final horn sounded and you're like, Oh, that's it. They're not gonna, they're not going to make it one, one. So I don't know. Disappointing, disappointing weekend. I do point to those Justin Ablocator penalties as kind of moments that turn the tide in their respective games. Obviously, you can't put everything uh, on a penalty or on a call or whatever you want to call it, but those are things that are just inexcusable from a team leader. I'm going to continue to harp on those types of things as this season comes to a close because, like we've said, that special teams play is so, so important to to keep at bay, to keep teams off the off the power play against the the Wings League worst penalty kill. But, I mean, other than that, not much you can really say about this one. Wings, like we mentioned, did have their chances. Plenty of opportunities to tie this one. Probably should have tied this one for all intents and purposes. Henrik Lundqvist with a really, really good game. Uh, he stopped, I believe, 33 shots on the night, so... Kudos to him, the aging goaltender. Uh, there's, there's, you know, we kind of talked about with Lockdown Rangers. They got like a three-way logjam in New York right now, and you know, it's kind of leading to diminished opportunities for Hank. But uh, cool to see him come into LCA. If you got tickets to the game Saturday night, might be one of the last hurrahs that you get to see King Henrik in a Rangers jersey. So, uh, I mean, that pretty much does it for this one. Like we said, we got recap from the game of uh, against Philadelphia tomorrow. Uh, and then we'll also talk about you know what happened in Grand Rapids over the weekend, uh, as well as an update on the gritty situation. Remember a couple weekends ago we talked about uh, that that situation that was developing, uh, where there were allegations of physical assault. Uh, did he punch that 13-year-old boy in the back? Lockdown Red Wings gets to the bottom of those allegations against the Philadelphia Flyers mascot tomorrow. Uh, as always, do not forget to subscribe. Please share this episode with your friends if you are so inclined. Uh, and we will look forward to talking to you guys, hopefully, after a Red Wings win.